As we were worshiping, I, I was reminded of how in the Old Covenant that the presence of God was uh, poured out at the dedication of the tabernacle and the dedication of the temple and um, that it's as one when there's unified obedient worship to the Lord that's when he pours out his presence you realize that it's not just an Old Testament thing it's it's an always thing because um Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Do you know that? And if you don't have faith, if you don't believe that he, he rewards your diligent seeking of him, what do you get? So what happens when we come as a body and we struggle to kind of give our energy, our whole heart, bring our faith to to our corporate worship, we're going to get less than desirable results, is what I would say. So I want to stir your hearts uh, that when we come, really amazing things can and should be happening every time we gather. Do you realize that? Every single time. So not just maybe once in a while, but if we really seek the Lord together, if we have... There's a couple things that it takes. It, 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 it takes obedience. There's a lot of specifics that it requires our heart to be surrendered, um, us to bring sacrificial worship in spirit and in truth. We have to unhook our minds from maybe the way we want it to be, you know, maybe what we're used to, and just trust that as we, as we pour, pour out our worship to God, he wants to pour himself out. I'm really desiring to see that. Is anyone else desiring to see just the presence of God poured out? I mean, who wants to just come here like every Sunday and Wednesday and kind of go through the motions, you know? I don't. I think God has more. Will you believe with me for more? Or would you come like expecting more? He wants, to, he wants to do it. He wants to pour himself out. He wants to give himself to us in a greater dimension, uh, in a greater reality. And I think far too often we just get in our own way. Uh, I started alluding to it a little bit on Sunday when I came up here, just like, we just need to be at peace. We just need to rest like God's going to do what he wants to do. Like, can we do that? I mean, I'm a detail person. I'm a planner. I'm a, I'm a, detail notice her I'm easily distracted by anything from if there's lint on the carpet I was up here picking that up during sound check to whether the music's too loud or the song is in the wrong key or any of that stuff but as much as that's a gift in some ways it's also a liability and whatever it is, whatever that is for you I'm just telling you the things that I struggle with uh, you have to you have to give that to God you have, to, you have to literally get to the place where you're, where you're so at rest with it doesn't matter. You got a person in the back shouting. You, got, you have distractions going on. Just press in to the Lord and watch him do something beautiful. Watch him do something beautiful. I think he wants to. I think we're on the precipice. Does anyone feel like that? We're on like the precipice. We're on the cusp. 
And then the enemy just keeps coming in and somehow putting some little crazy distraction or sideshow or, or frustration or hindrance. And uh, don't take the bait. The devil's a liar. He's, he's the father of lies. And that's all he knows how to do. So if it isn't 100% pure, the word of God, just reject it, return to sender. So that's a little bit about worship. I don't think that all really poured out as much as clearly as I wanted to, but it was just it was just deep in my heart. I almost came up and just started talking about that while they were worshiping. Because I feel like as much as we try to craft these services in the best way for time and efficiency and everything, that little hey, welcome to church sometimes will will drain the tank a little for me. Like I feel like we get to this place where there's an anointing and there's 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 traction, there's spiritual, there's a presence here. And then by the time we do the interim announcements, pray for the offering, and then we come back up, it's, it's like dry for me. It's like I just want us to stay in that place. Does that make sense? It's so, you know, as people, as you come, be aware of all those things that you have to constantly make a demand on the realm of the spirit with your faith and stay in expectancy. Can I just challenge you to not be the distracted one? Come. We're going to have fun. The joy of the Lord is our strength, and we're going to have joy in the presence of the Lord. But this is serious. You know what I'm saying? It's like church is serious. The kingdom of God is serious. Lives are at stake. Eternity is at stake. And when we come, what we want God to do in us is not just for us. It's so that when you go into the world, people, people's lives change. I'm reading, I don't even know what the name of the book is. My wife can help me with this. We just finished it for my daughter about the living waters in the desert. You don't have that book, find it. It's Iran, right? like in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and then moving up to present, how, how Jesus is, is showing himself to Muslims who are so hardened against the gospel. They're murdering Christians. But the stories, the tapestry of what God is doing. And I've just been burdened like, Lord, we need to see that kind of thing going on here. Like, are we not persecuted enough? Is it not dark enough? I don't want that. I think we're just not alive enough. Right? I just think we're not hungry enough. And I've been crying out, God, if you can, if you can show a man who hates you and, and beats his family because they shouldn't be Christians, if you can show, show up to him and talk to him, well, talk to me. Why don't, you, why don't you come to me, reveal yourself to me. Start speaking to us as, as a body, speaking to us individually. So it's stirring my heart. I think it's all about perspective. I think we lose perspective sometimes. And if you're not being fed by things like that, if you're not aware of what's going on in the rest of the world, I would encourage you to do that. So tonight, can you hear the music a, a little bit underneath me talking? Is it there just enough to feel like there's some anointing? Good. So I have a question for you. Um, 
Like how many of you are in a place where you just feel like maybe you're stuck? Uh, there's some things that just haven't moved in a long time. Can anyone relate to that? How many of you have some family issues, some things that just, you know, you're, you're praying and believing God, but it's not moving. It's not changing. How many of you have been in the same place for a long time and feel like, Lord, are you going to move me to the next place? Whether it's a promotion, uh, Maybe you have children, adult children, and, and they, they're, they're struggling. They're not serving the Lord, and you keep pressing in, and you want to see those things change. Well, I feel like tonight, as we look at this idea, this truth from God's Word, together we can encourage one another. I feel like tonight's about encouraging ourselves in the Lord, in the Scripture. We're going to read through some Scriptures, and I have some just confessions um, that I'm going to say, and you can say those after me. And sometimes if, if that's not your thing, like, I don't, don't tell me what to say or I don't want to repeat it, just let it be spoken over you and receive it by faith. So the psalmist said in Psalm 13, I find myself you know, in this place, and I think all of us that are honest will find ourselves in this place. And I want to read that now from Psalm 13 and look at this. He says, Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? Like this is a desperate place to be. How long will you look the other way? Let's be honest. Sometimes it feels like that. It, God, what's going on? Are you just looking the other way? Why isn't this made right on my behalf? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul? With sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Do you feel like this? Do you even feel like this is like a climate in America against Christians right now? I do. I mean, if nothing else, there's other, there we go, there's other issues. Are they seeing that on the back now? No? They'll get that figured out. You can turn in your phones or your Bibles to Psalm 13 if you want. <laughs> and the prayer is this, turn and answer me, O Lord, my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying, we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. I'm going to stop there for a second. I really think what I was just sharing about the desperation for God's presence to be here in a more powerful way and to, to do something, to, to move in our midst, I think this is that same cry. It's like the enemy wants us to be mediocre. He wants us to be average. He wants us to be not extraordinary, not full of the power of God and seeing signs and wonders. And maybe maybe you're just so numb you don't realize you need to get to this place. And maybe that's what this is about, to, to invite you to get to a place where you realize things aren't what they should be. And this is the most important part, verse 5. He says, but... I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord 
because he is good to me. Now, this is a great pattern here in this psalm because he lays out the frustration. He lays out the struggle and God hears your complaint. He hears your cries. He hears our prayers. He hears our hurts, our wounds. And he's right there with us. And in that time of desperation, that seed of faith that's on the inside should always come to this place and say, but I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord. Notice he says, you have rescued me, even though he was just saying, things are a mess. This is horrible. I'm, I'm in agony. Why don't you do something? That's what faith does. It says, you've done it. I don't see it right now, but you've done it. And this doesn't feel good, but you're good and you're going to do good to me. I like this particular translation because it says in here, restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Have you seen people walking around with just that flat, glazed, shell-shocked look? Maybe, maybe you felt that. Maybe you don't even notice it. And someone has said, hey, are you okay? Maybe the sparkle has left your eyes and you're crying, God, just bring that shine, that shimmer, that sparkle left. Have circumstances. I know some people in this room that circumstances have made this feeling of the anguish in your soul. Like, really, God, one more thing, one more disappointing turn of events. Maybe you're just weary in life. I find this a frustration and a struggle, the disparity between what we know God has promised and the reality of where I'm living right now. Oh, that's such a, that's such a difference. And God's either true or he's not, and we know he's true, so something has to give, something has to change. The worship team has been bringing that song in from time to time, something has to break. And this is why they're singing it. Something has to break. And the next time we do that, I want to move from something has to break to let's start breaking stuff. Like, let's, let's do that. Instead of saying something, let, let's, let, let's turn it into, we're now going to declare that this is going to be broken in Jesus' name. So here's my question. And it's a challenge to me, and this, this stirred my heart. We always want, as the psalmist did here, to let praise have the last word, the very last word on your mouth at night when you lie down. Praise the Lord. Give him thanks. Give him glory. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter how the day went. In all our conversations, wouldn't it be beautiful even in our challenges with one another, if somehow at the end there was a way to give God glory and say, but I, but I thank God for you. I, I love you so much. You're, you're a gift to me. I see the good in you. I see the best in you. Let that be the last word. We're going to say stuff out of frustration, but don't end with that. You know, don't, don't finish. Let praise have the last word. And as, as we saw in this passage, he says, but I trust in your unfailing love. We have to live on the right side of the but. That's not a cute joke about anything. It's, 
that part of speech is but. You have to live on the right side of that. You can't live in despair and, and the depths of the agony of your soul. You have to say, I'm going to live on the other side. And Lou Scheid, if he was here, would scream really loud right now, but God. Because he knows that. And that's a, a fire that's alive in his bones. And it's something that we should come, come alive in us. So the question is that I have for you, the challenge and for me, is God's word going into your heart and coming out of your mouth? If you have neglected that discipline, I'm asking you that you would reignite that. And that's what we're going to do some tonight. But in your day-to-day life, I get it. We get worn down. You just... Treadmill to oblivion, does that describe anyone's life sometimes? You know, you're going to bed, and what'd you do today? Fed the dog, took care of the kids, did the dishes, made meals, went to work. And we get worn out, and we start backing off of living a life of of declaring God's word, of speaking out in faith, in authority. And so I'm just inviting you. If God's word isn't going into your heart and coming out of your mouth, it needs to be. That's how we got saved. That's how the wholeness of the kingdom of God is going to come into your life. So tonight I want us, whoever's here in this room and whoever's watching, thank you for watching. I know we still do Facebook Live and on these nights. So I'm praying that God is getting a hold of your heart and encouraging you and stirring you up for this word. So I felt like the Lord wanted us to get our faith back online. How many of you get super annoyed with internet issues, connectivity issues? How many of you have the streaming TV? You're like watching a show and then doodle, doodle, doodle. What? Like our faith needs to get back online and it needs to be like the super mega hyper warp speed internet where it's everything. You click on a page and it loads. You go to a verse in your mind and it just comes alive like lightning and then it shoots out of your mouth, right? Let's get back online. And I, I had this phrase come in my heart and put full pressure on against the enemy. Full pressure. Keep the faith pressure on. It's like a full court press. And we want to do that individually and we want to do that collectively. We want to keep in that place. Talked about praise having the final word and being on the right side of the book. And like I said, you know, it's okay to say, you know, what's going on and how you feel. And I think there's a limit to that. Oh, Lou just said there's an echo. Is there an echo on the live stream? I want to check that out. interesting. Or maybe he was just saying amen to something I said. I don't know. I don't want to get distracted. I think it's okay to pour out our heart, but if you're not careful, you will let that become the dominant way that you communicate. And that frustrates me personally. Like at some point, okay, I've heard the report of the enemy enough. I'm just being honest with you. Let's talk about the Lord. I don't want to languish in every sort of detail. 
truly. Like, is God a healer or not? Is he going to do this thing or not? So at times, even in giving the, the part of all that's going wrong or the sickness or every detail of the doctors, I feel faith being sucked out of me and I just feel this, this negative energy. And I just want to say, let's just summarize devil bad, God good. And let's get the goodness of God. Let's speak life over this thing. And are we on the same page? Let's do this, right? So let's go through some scripture. How's this feeling for everybody? Are you kind of with me? Are you understanding the tone and what I'm trying to present here? It's not coming across wrong. Okay, good. So let's just go through the word here and however long this takes. And then I just, again, I saw this happening. I'm not saying it was a vision or anything, but I just had this, this thought that it would be good uh, when we go through the scriptures and say the confessions that maybe after that, could we just pray with one another? Could, could you maybe come down and just gather and, you know, again, not forcing any particular thing to happen. Just pray over one another, speak life, uh, bring encouragement, have a time of ministry. Why don't we do that anymore? It seemed like, you remember, it seemed like we used to be, the altars were filled and it was, I know there's a season for everything, but I feel like, you know, praying and laying hands and just letting the power of God um, just do some, do some things. I feel like that needs to be restored in some way. And so um, I think we're past the point where we're too concerned about how close, you know, we are with one another and things like that. I think we understand that those that, that that need to keep that space will do that, but those that don't need to reconnect and come together and and, and be lay hands on on one another, you know, and speak life and speak faith. So Galatians six nine, I just want to stir your heart tonight. I pray that you're getting stirred up a little bit. Galatians six nine. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. You're not going to give up, are you? Don't give up. There's no quitters in this room, right? No quitters at Grace and Peace. So uh, I'm going to say this, and you can say it after me, or you can just let it just pour over you tonight. Lord, the enemy's trying to wear me down, but I refuse to give up. I pull on the strength I have in you and in the power of your might. I receive the harvest by faith. I look forward to when your timing releases all the best you have for me. I trust you and your timing. I just feel that so powerful when we say all that together because that's releasing God's perfect will for you and for us together, collectively. 1 Timothy 6.12 Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Amen. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. 
Amen. This is our confession on this truth. Lord, I'm not letting go of the life you have called me to. I see my life as you see it on the spectrum of eternity. Knowing you are with me and have won the battle on my behalf. I will stay in the faith fight. Hold tight, sit tight, and watch your glory come to pass in my life. Amen. Amen. Things are changing, church. The atmosphere changes when we say, we speak the word out to the atmosphere. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. And I want to encourage you, if this is new to you, if you've never done this, do this every day. Dig deep into the word and find some declarative promises and make those personal for your life and for your situation. And find someone to declare it with you, to agree with you. And speak over one another. The Holy Spirit pours himself out and it's almost an exponentially powerful thing that happens when there's more than one person. Don't go it alone. First Thessalonians 5.17 Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. You ready for this one? Lord Jesus, I belong to you. So I will never stop communicating and communing with you. No matter the circumstances, I will be thankful. Thank you, Lord, for who you are above the circumstances. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. These are your daily, um, these are your daily bread. It's releasing your prophetic destiny every day. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. You realize that, don't you? Maybe sometimes we forget that. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Get this picture. There's, there's a height. There, there's an ascendancy that takes place. The principles of the kingdom of heaven are higher than than the principles that, that navigate the earth and the flesh realm. So it's both literal and spiritual. And it's his ways and it's his thoughts. And I just think far too often we become the little voice that's trying to tell God what to do instead of just trusting, okay, you're higher. Your ways are higher. I'm going to stand on your word, but you're going to do this the way you want. And when he does that, it should just blow everyone's mind involved. I love it when that happens. So here's our 
Here's our prayer confession for this one. And maybe after tonight you get the notes and you go back through these and you write more. Write your own. Let it come alive to you. So here we go. Lord, I trust you. I believe truly you know better than me. You don't need my help. I need your help. Help my unbelief to come into alignment with your reality. Have your way in my life. As your higher thoughts and higher ways make a way for me and for your will to come to pass in my life. Next time you get in a conversation, someone asks, how's it going? So far, we've just given a lot of good material for that conversation. You start saying what these confessions are. I'm in constant communication with the Most High. I'm thankful in all circumstances. How are you doing? I'm watching the glory of God comes, come to pass. I'm submitting my life to the one whose ways are higher than mine. I really feel like there's got to be room made in our conversations for this kind of speech. We're too problem-centric. We're not Word of God solution-centric. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a hope, to give you a future and a hope. I feel like someone watching or someone in this room you, you give mental assent to this, but, but it hasn't broken through. It hasn't become revelation to you. I want you to hear the Lord saying to you personally, picture Jesus coming up in that, wherever, wherever that place is that is peaceful to you. Maybe there's a place you go that you spend time with the Lord and I want you to see his loving eyes and his radiant glory say right to your face I know the plans I have for you I have plans for you I know them and they're plans for good they're not for disaster they're plans to give you a future and a hope and you have to say I believe that I receive that. Ready for this one? Lord, I rest in you as your good plans unfold in my life. It may look disastrous all around, but disaster isn't my destiny. Oh, say that again. Disaster isn't my destiny. One more time. Disaster isn't my destiny. My future and hope is in you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Letting praise have the last word. I want to encourage you to praise God and thank him for working in you. 
and that he finishes what he starts. Now, sometimes his working in us is a little painful because we're dying to self. We're learning some of our ways aren't so pleasing to him. But I want you to take courage in that. Okay, it's just like fasting. Boy, I want to eat. Boy, do I crave the things that my body craves. But God is working in you when that takes place. And God always finishes what he starts. Our precious dear Allegra earlier this week caught some crazy fever bug. And she was miserable. But we prayed over, we declared health, wholeness in Jesus' name. And we knew her body was kicking that fever, that bug's tail. And the fever was the vehicle at that moment. And it never got, you know, really out of control. But she just said, I'm miserable. Help me. Help me. And I think there's times when we feel miserable. Help me, help me. And God is saying, you're in process. You're in process. This what I'm doing in your life right now is to bring you to that state of completion. And she, the next day, she was right as rain. We would have preferred her to get healed instantly. We wanted that to happen. That didn't happen. But the analogy there is, as things are painful, as you're coming against the weapons of the enemy, there's something that God's doing inside of you that has to take place for you to be ready for your destiny in him. And he finishes what he starts. It's never in our timing. But it's always in his. Philippians 2.13 For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. This is one of those scriptures that to me at times is like, wow, that's so hard to accept but it's encouraging to think that it doesn't matter if you feel like it's within you to do what he's asked you to do even whether that's to live a holy life say no to sin and yes to the things of God or, or whatever he so loves us that he says I'm working in you I'll give you the desire to please me that's how much I love you. I will place it in you. I'll place that burning passion as long as you respond to it, as long as you don't quench that. So this is a, this is a key verse for someone here who's really struggling with motivation, whatever, apathy, lack of vision in your life. Let this one come alive into your heart tonight. And here's our confession for this. Lord, thank you for working in me. I receive your desire and I realize and come alive to the power of the Holy Spirit within me to live a life that is pleasing to you. I want to speak that over you. Don't repeat it this time. Lord, thank you that you're working in every person here. And I declare that they would receive your desire and they would realize and come alive to the power of the Holy Spirit within them to live a life that is pleasing to you. Not a life of legalism, not a life that tries to earn your love, 
or check boxes to matriculate through some spiritual levels, but they receive your love and that they are empowered to live and to to desire to live a life that is pleasing to you in their relationships, uh, in the workplace, in their private times. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Let's look at Philippians 1.6. I know this isn't normal. This isn't a Bible study. This is something different. I feel like the Lord wanted me to do this. And so thank you for for receiving tonight. Philippians 1.6. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. We're always a work in progress, but just keep allowing him to do the work. Here's our prayer slash confession connected to Philippians 1.6. Lord, thank you that you always finish what you started. Thank you for starting the work in me and thank you for continuing to work in me and through me so my sanctification is ongoing and the work you're doing in me is a testimony to others who see you in me amen second chronicles 20:15 This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army for the battle is not yours, but God's. Stop fighting the battle in your own terms, in your own strength. Lay it back. Lay it back unto him. We keep trying to pick up our weapons. We need to lay those down. Some of you have just been overwhelmed with discouragement. Uh, Courage has been sucked out of you. The enemy has just, just like a syringe, just just drawn it out. And I pray that God is, is infusing courage back into you tonight. The battle isn't yours. For the past umpteen weeks and even today, all over the news, which I try to get as little of as possible, all we heard was this very public battle over words. You know what? If either one of them just said, God, just take care of this, how beautiful would that be? The Lord will always move on your behalf. He will make sure justice comes to pass on your behalf. You don't need to fight the battle. So here's a confession for this that might help us tonight. Lord, I place the battle into your hands. I put off the spirit of fear. Say that again. I put off the spirit of fear. And I receive the reality of your loving, powerful, Holy Spirit and the soundness of mine that is mine according to your word. 
That's a reef paraphrase of God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of sound mind. 2 Corinthians 2.14 But thank God he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. We need to see our lives as triumphing, as victorious in Christ Jesus. Not as victims. The world is full of the victim mindset, but you are a victor. You're a victor. You've been made victorious. Jesus Christ is the victor, so you are victorious. Receive it. Believe it. Know it. He's the kind of God we serve and love. He's victorious. Amen. Lord, I praise you. And I thank you that my life is a sweet perfume that awakens a desire in others to come to know you as Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. Wow, what does that look like? You just go around smelling so fragrant that people can't get enough. Who is in you? Who do you serve? Who do you worship? What is this all about? What must I do to be saved? I want what you want. I want the peace that you have. I want to know the God that you serve. Romans 8, 38. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let me just ask you a question just by way of curiosity. How many of you, something that we're looking at tonight was big in your heart sometime today or this week. Anybody? Any of these particular scriptures? Are they resonating? We'll dust them off. Yeah, there's a few. There's a few. Reactivate these. These are foundational. These are fundamental to, to living life as a believer. We can't neglect these things. Praise God. So, Thinking about this passage we just read, let's say this together. Lord, I praise you and thank you that come what I am never separated from your love. Awaken my heart to the reality of your great love for me right now. I believe God is changing your heart. I believe God is changing things in your home, in your life right now as we say these things together, as we re release the word of God into the atmosphere, things are changing. How powerful it is for us to do this. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will 
in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. I believe we should get back to seeking his will in every little thing. No thing is too small to stop and ask, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Should I be doing this? Should I be engaging in this particular, whatever it is, conversation, activity, event, and just listen. Listen for his voice to say yes or no. We've become too almost pre-wired. Well, I know the word, I walk in wisdom, so I don't need to stop and ask. But maybe we're just getting ahead. Maybe we're getting out of step with the Spirit. and We need to remember to ask. And he just might show you you've been on a path that isn't quite the right path for quite some time now. And now it's time to obey him completely and go back on that other path. Thank you, Lord. So let's say this in regards to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Lord, I praise you and thank you for being trustworthy. I give my heart fully over to you, completely trusting you. I relinquish my understanding and engage in a full-on pursuit of your will for my life. Thank you for speaking to me, for clearly showing me the direction you desire for me to take. Amen. He's changing some of your paths tonight, and he's inviting you on a new path. He's bringing you into divine partnerships that you didn't know were possible. Psalm 27, 13. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Boy, I've had to say that one a time or two. When you're just completely depleted and you feel completely defeated, you're just like, I will see your goodness. And not in the sweet by and by, not after I, not after I leave, but in the land of the living now, in my life, in a short while. We're just about finished with these. Thank you for doing this with me. So here we go. This is a good one. Lord, come on, say it like, you're, like you mean it. Lord, we're talking to the Lord Jesus. We're talking to God the Father. We're talking to the fullness of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So, so Lord is just, he's your Lord and Savior. Lord, I'm on a hard target search for your goodness. Open my eyes to see your goodness all around me. The present circumstance doesn't look good. It doesn't seem good. It doesn't feel good. But open the floodgates of your goodness in my life right now. I believe and I receive. Now here's a little trickier one. I want you to put in the name of your family in this blank. Let me read the statement first. It's going to be my family, the Wheelers, whoever you are, 
will see your goodness in our lives, in our lifetime for your glory, okay? So ready? My family, the Wheelers, will see your goodness in our lives, in our lifetime for your glory. Get specific. Get specific. My family, my name, my kids' names, my brother-in-law, my cousin, my uncle, Put those in there. Joshua 21, 45. There's a, there's a long testimony about this. I'll make it as short as I can. We were serving here at Grace and Peace in a very low period of our lives. We were living in mom's basement. And uh, life wasn't so great. It was frustrating. I had just left ministry. I was discouraged. And the Lord said, go to Grace and Peace and move here. So we did it after serving here for a while. One... Um, leader in the church was kindness enough to have a word for me and he said said James I believe God wants you to to hear this word and he said Joshua 21:45 and I went down to the computer in the basement and printed out I don't know if it was a dot matrix printer it was a, it was it was early on in the computer um and printed this scripture out not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. And then what I did was I printed this out. Lord, not a single one of all the good promises you have given to the Wheeler family is left unfulfilled. Everything you have spoken has come true. Well, let me tell you what he did. I didn't have a job in the ministry in my calling. We didn't have a child. We didn't have a house. We didn't have a penny to our name. I think the car we had was ready to explode. It must have been within six months that all changed. And within a matter, yeah. With a matter of years after that, every single promise. And the stubborn one was the baby. But we kept standing in faith. We kept standing in faith. And so that was, that's true for us. Maybe you're where I was. So I'm going to say this, and you can say it, and when we get to the blank, put your family in there. Lord, not a single one of all the good promises you have given to the family is left unfulfilled. Everything you have spoken has come true. So what did we do there? We declared it as though it was past tense, even though it was in our future. I have no official closing for tonight. I think you should stay as long as you can. Um, I know you might have some kids to go pick up here in a few minutes, but could I just invite, we're gonna keep this, this music on, just some, some atmosphere music. Um, could I just invite you to come down to the front and just spend some time in the presence of God and, and pray for one another, maybe lay hands on one another. Can we just do that, come out, come out of our seats and just kind of solidify whatever needs to take place?
come, just come on down. Just come on down. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just crank up the faith. We crank up the atmosphere expectancy in this room right now. Lord, the enemy is trying to suppress the truth of your word. The enemy is trying to bring discouragement and doubt and unbelief. He's trying to wear us down and wear us out, and we're not having any of it. We are victorious. Holy Spirit of God, you know what's going on in every single person's life in this room. So I just pray that like a fresh wave, like a fresh river from heaven, you just pour out over every person. I just want to invite you to pray out what you have on your heart. Uh, listen to the Holy Spirit if he's telling you to pray over someone, to reach across the aisle, to lay hands on someone right now. If you have a need and you want to ask someone for prayer, let, just do that right now. Let's just make this a place where prayer is being released, faith is being released. Any of our key leaders, if you have prophetic words, uh, come up. We'll have the mic open for that. If you, if you feel anointed and empowered to pray out anything, pastors, same, same call for you tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. And Cammie and Christine, you need to be down here. Everybody, ushers, ushers. Hey, guys. Guys. Come. Come on. Come. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Grab hands with someone next to you or put touch them on a shoulder. Go behind someone and pray. Speak. Let's just speak life. Let's just encourage one another tonight. Lord, stir up the spirit of courage in this place, Lord. We say, God, what the enemy has planned for evil, you turn about for good in the lives of these families here at the Church of Grace and Peace. And this small group right here stands proxy for the greater Grace and Peace body as a whole. We are standing, we are taking a stand against the enemy. Enough is enough. This is another step towards unity that we so desperately, God's desperately calling us to walk in tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just pray in the Holy Spirit. Stir yourself up on your most holy faith. Circumstances change in Jesus' name. Lord, 
Lord, would you release the destiny you have in the hearts here? The spirit of lack and poverty, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Enemy, take your hands off our finances. I declare blessing, abundance. Thank you, Lord, for giving us purpose. If you're struggling with purpose, I just say, God, download a divine purpose into someone's heart. Whoever that is who's just struggling for purpose, Lord, give them a vision for their life. Give them a purpose. Connect their heart to to what you have for them, specifically called them to do. Lord, show us our great value in you, that we are so greatly loved. We're so precious in your sight. We are your children. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Oh, breakthrough, Lord. Breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. God, I'm Breakthrough, Lord. Breakthrough, breakthrough. Breakthrough, breakthrough. Breakthrough in our families, Lord. Breakthrough in our finances, Lord. Breakthrough in our ministries, Lord. Breakthrough in this church, Lord. We just call the younger generation back into the house of the Lord. We just call the younger generation to fall head over heels back in love with you, Jesus, Lord. We just come against the spiritual blindness that has tried to cover their eyes, Lord. We bind the enemy from speaking lies of untruth. Lord, let the truth and the reality of the word of God just penetrate their hearts, Lord. Bring conviction, Lord. Bring repentance, Lord. Call the prodigals home, the younger generation. Lord, just stir up a revival in the younger generation, Lord. Starting with the eight, nine, ten-year-olds and then the preteens and the teenagers, Lord, whatever we're missing, God, whatever we're not able to, to get to them, Lord, help us, reveal to us, um, call intercessors, call call prayer warriors to just put that put a hard target on that generation, Lord. God, that we would see this place filled with 
with the younger generation of people pouring their hearts out in worship to you, desiring to be in your presence, desiring to, to hear your word, O oh God, preaching the word of God, laying hands on the sick, doing signs and wonders, Lord. We cry out like the psalmist did, how long will we, will we have this situation? How long will we see young people continually turn away from the faith and leave what they have been raised in and the roots that they have been raised in, Lord. How long we, we do not accept this as a reality, Lord. We say, come back, come back, come back, come back. Lord, fill this place, fill this place. A multi-generational house of worship, a multicultural house of worship, Lord. Just let us see it with the eyes of the Spirit, God a multi multitude of the spiritual gifts being awakened and alive in this place flowing together in beauty and harmony and and unity building the body of Christ lord how we long to see your spirit move we are desperate lord we're desperate lord thank you lord thank you lord Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, you are welcome to just stay. Just pray through. You know, we need to pray till we're done. We, we need to turn the clock off and just allow God to do what he wants to do. 